On this edition of the Detroit Lions Maven podcast, we have on the line, he is the voice of the Michigan Wolverines, former play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions. Jim Branstetter is on the phone with me, looking forward to a conversation regarding the Detroit Lions. Jim, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Football's in the air. we got an opportunity now to break down the Detroit Lions. What have been your observations so far in terms of the preseason and training camp for the Detroit Lions? Well, it's hard to tell. Preseason, I mean, I don't think they tried to do much of anything preseason. I just, uh, you know, the two things, the big thing, I think, was the injuries when you when Ragnow and uh, Davis went down. That kind of hurt them. It was a good thing that they're not gone for the season. But they didn't play anybody. Matthew only played a little bit in the third game. And uh, I, I just don't think they, they showed much. The only thing I would say is based on based on what I saw is that I think the depth at the offensive line might be a little bit of a, a problem. Uh, you know, it seemed like uh, the other number two teams, you know, were out there. They were having their way a little bit with the Detroit Lions and getting a lot of pressure on, on quarterbacks. So, um, but overall, I, I think, you know, defensively, they, they didn't play many guys. They, 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 they should be ready to go for, uh, you know, their opener against Arizona. And uh, I, I think, again, it's to me, it's still a question mark because I don't think they showed a whole lot in preseason. A lot of their players didn't play, uh, but I think that was for a reason. And I think Matt Patricia wants to make sure that they're, uh, you know, that they're ready to go in September. We'll see what happens when they go to Arizona. But the only thing, the only observation I would say was that the depth of the offensive line seems to me to be a little bit of a problem because they seem to allow a lot of pressure on their quarterbacks when uh, both teams went to their number two units. Yeah, so now we are here. Game one is this Sunday. Outside of the offensive line, I know many people are going to pay attention to that because of the importance of the running game. What other position groups are you going to be paying attention to this Sunday in game one? I think you got to look at the safeties because they're new. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you know, you lose Glover Quinn, you lose a lot of experience, and you know, so you, you want to look at the safeties. Uh, I think nickel is, is an interesting position. Where they're going to go with their nickel back and who's going to come in when they go fourth five wides in the NFL? Who are going to be the defensive backs other than Darius Slay? You know, because Slay is you know he's a big play guy and he's going to make plays. So I think that that's okay. But I think I would do there. And let's face it, uh, the the key to the NFL is pass rush, and and you, and you got to have guys coming off the edge. You got to have players that can make plays up there. And that to me is going to be uh, the position group that I think is going to get. The most scrutiny other than the offensive line. I think, carry, you know, running back, I think Carrion Johnson is going to be fine. You know, he, he looked great last year. He looked good in the preseason games he was in. I think Kenny Galladay is, as a receiver, uh, going to be, uh, you know, a 1-1-A to Marvin Jones. And I think their tight ends are better. You know, I think that uh, Hawkinson's going to going to help them. But to me, the whole key is you've got to rush the passer and you've got to protect the passer. Uh, for the Lions, that you know that right to me, and you know other teams have different things going on this fall, but to me, it's it, for the Lions, the Detroit Lions, those two areas, you know, brush the passer and protect your passer, are the two areas that I think are going to determine whether they're going to have a, a decent year or not such a decent year. Now, you are uniquely qualified to talk about the offensive line, having played at Michigan. Realistically, how long does it take? for an offensive line to gel? Because like you said, and like many who are going to follow the Detroit Lions, the offensive line is key, especially if Bevel is going to establish the run. The offensive line is going to be key for the Detroit Lions. How long does it take for you know a group of linemen to gel 
for the common cause of helping a squad? I just think that, you know, it, 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 it'll take a little while because remember they're replacing a guard. And now if Ragnall goes out, they're going to have to replace two guards because Graham Glasgow is going to move over at center. So I, I think there's, there's a little bit of learning going on still in that, uh, in that offensive line for the Detroit Lions. And uh, I think TJ uh, uh, Lang said it at the end of the regular se- or end of the preseason. He, th- he thinks that, that if the Lions, during the year, the Lions are going to still be looking around uh, at, at other releases, whoever releases offensive linemen, and see if they can upgrade the offensive line, especially the depth. Everyone is looking at, in terms of expectations, there's kind of been a little bit of a debate between what the local media is saying and the national media. The national media has a lower expectation for the Detroit Lions. A lot of people locally and the fans kind of believe this is around a 7-8 to eight win football team. What do you think is the fairest way to assess the Detroit Lions? Because there does seem to be increased talent across the board, but there also seems to be some question marks in terms of the high-end talent on the Detroit Lions roster. Is it fair to start around 8-8 eight and eight for this team? Yeah, I think that's sure. I mean, let's face it. Every team in the league, because of the way the NFL is in the draft, um, they are you know they're kind of wired. Every team is going to be eight and eight. You know, that's what they want. They want parity. And the difference between eight and eight and nine and seven or even ten and six is is a blown call here, a a drop pass here, a holding call there, uh, an interference call here. I mean, that that literally is how how close it is. Uh, to be in a 10-6 and an 8-18. But the key for the Lions, though, is I think, is is injuries. I don't think you can lose a carry-on Johnson. I don't think you can lose a uh, a, a Darius Slay. Uh, certainly Matthew Stafford, you've got to keep him healthy all year long. Uh, the, the, those things will, will will determine in many ways you know, how the Lions do. But but overall, yeah, I think there's an upgrade in talent overall. But But I think, again, the national media is not just looking at the Detroit Lions, they're looking at the division, a division with Aaron Rodgers uh, and Green Bay uh, and a healthy Aaron Rodgers and a division with Chicago, who seems to be on the uptick, if you will, with uh, with Trubisky at quarterback and, and a division with one of the best defenses in the league in Minnesota. And, and, and you've got to play those teams uh, six times out of your 16 games. So, that divisional thing, I think, is where the national media looks and says, can the Lions compete on an uh, even-keel basis and, and get five wins or four wins out of those six games? And I think the national media says, no, that's not going to happen. And, uh, and that, that, to me, is why the Lions aren't getting the, the shake from the national media that they are locally. And, and I, would, I would look at the local guys and say, you know, you've got to look at that and say, can they compete in their division? for the championship because ultimately you'd love to you, you've almost in this division you almost have to win the championship because then you get a home playoff game and i think the lions going on the road for the playoffs as much as i'd love to say they're going to go get to the playoffs that would be great uh but but to win one because that's what this town really wants they're they're absolutely you know uh, dying to, to get a playoff win and 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 once they do that then i think they're kind of over the hump but getting a playoff win will be a whole lot easier at Ford Field than it would be on the road, and that means you got to win the division, which means you got to beat Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago. That's a tall order. Now, you've had an opportunity to watch and evaluate Matthew Stafford for almost a decade, uh, being that you did, pl- uh, did color commentary for the Detroit Lions. Now he's entering into year 11. Obviously, he's 
criticized. He's definitely a polarizing figure. Now in entering into year 11, working with Daryl Bevel, where do you see his fit in terms of what he can do now for the Detroit Lions? Is it time for him? Or do you say, you know what, uh, the offense with you know an increased running game with tight ends uh, and now with, uh, with increased talent on defense, maybe now the team is taking a better shape to allow his skill set to take form? This guy, in my opinion, is an elite quarterback. The only thing that he does not have on his resume are playoff appearances and playoff wins. That's that's it. He doesn't need to prove to me that he is a, as good a quarterback as this franchise has ever had. He can throw the ball. He can lead them. If they put a defense out there with him, for instance, if Matthew Stafford had the team of the 90s with, with Herman Moore, Brett Perham, and Barry Sanders, uh, some of those tight ends, and the defense that that team had with Benny Blades and, and Jerry Ball and Chris Spielman and those guys, that, that, that team's a perennial. I'm talking perennial playoff contender and may have gotten to a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is inserted into those teams. Uh, he just hasn't had that in Detroit since he's been here. And, it, and it's been a struggle. But from a quarterback standpoint and his ability to do, I don't care what offense he's in. When you're an offensive coordinator, you take a look at that guy. You take a look at his toughness. You take a look at what that right arm can do. If you're an offensive coordinator, I don't care what system you're in, you're going to take advantage of that. I've said this for years uh, up until, uh, you know, I w- was doing the games up until last season. The most dangerous offensive weapon the Lions have in their arsenal on that offense is the right arm of Matthew Stafford, period. And it still remains that way. Now, I've enjoyed listening to a lot of podcasts, and now you are hosting a podcast. You can find it at thebrandyshow.com. This week you had uh, an in-depth conversation with Mike O'Hara. Give our listeners some highlights of that conversation. It was a great listen, uh, hearing stories of the time. Uh, both you and him have extensive experience with the Lions. It was a great listen. Share with my audience some of the highlights of this week's episode with Hall of Fame reporter Mike O'Hara. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we We... We had a great talk, and, and I think the highlight to me was is that I asked him, I said, why do you think the Lions – the question every Lions fan asked, John, is why haven't the Lions made the playoffs? Why haven't the Lions won a Super Bowl since 1957? Why haven't they won a championship? And his answer has been, you know, I think pretty much echoed by a lot of people. They have never had that trigger, man. They've never had the quarterback. He believes that, that if in the 90s they had a great shot with, with the Herman Moore, that, that group, the other thing I thought was cool was when, you know, the Joey Harrington, he said Joey just didn't have the heart to, to play. I mean, I, Mike was very honest and straightforward with uh, in the interview. We go back to the days of Russ Thomas and, and Matt Millen and, and discuss all those things. If you're a Lions fan and, and you've had these same questions and you've gone to the games and you've sat there and been frustrated, Mike has watched it all, and he kind of puts it in perspective. Going through the years talking about the players, uh, the the managers, and talking about Mr. Ford and his ownership uh, and and whether that was the problem, which I don't think it is, and, and neither does Mike. But I think for Lions fans, it's, uh, it's an interesting perspective from a guy that has been very, very close to the franchise for over 40 years and um, why the things that have happened to that franchise happened and why they haven't gotten to the – mountaintop as many of us had hoped they would so uh, i think it's pretty interesting and pretty entertaining uh, radio yes make sure you find it thebrandyshow.com thank you so much for talking detroit lions i look forward to having a conversation uh maybe a midway point in the season and when we get a chance to, to fully evaluate what's going on with the detroit lions jim brandstetter thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast good to be with you john be well